name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who does bring us together. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, a few of you, maybe more than what I think, know that Liz and Cricket have been gone now for officially a week now. They left last uh, Sunday, and they, they went up to go to Tennessee in order to see the leaves change colors, and uh, also up to Indianapolis in order to see one of Liz's college friends get married. And, uh, and we knew that this was coming for quite some time, and uh, because we knew that it was coming, because I knew it was coming, I was a kind, of, kind of working through what I was going to be doing during this time that I have, during this time where, where they're going to be away. And, uh, you know, I could spend my time in, in various different ways, but I do have a little bit of extra time with them being gone. And so because of that, I thought, oh, well, since they're giving me this gift of all of this time that they're going to be away, that I don't have to do certain things, well, I'm going to make the best of this. I'm not going to sit in my house and mope around and uh, be depressed and wail out to God, where is my family? Uh, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm going to take this as a gift, and it's going to be a very good thing for me to just be by myself, to be a bachelor all over again, and it'll be awesome. And so um, I, the, the first day that I had last Sunday was great. It was phenomenal. I was actually on point. I was getting some stuff done. And then the rest of the week was horrible. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, I remembered, oh, yeah, this is what it was like when I was single. Because in my mind, I thought to myself, oh, well, this, this week is going to be you know, so much different, so much better. Everything is going to be great. And, and, and I started going through all of the, the extra time that I was going to have in order to do things. And, and I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, I, I am not going to have um, you know, baby duty with cricket in the morning when I get back from the gym. Um, I, I'm just going to have some extra time, so I'm going to spend some extra time uh, at the gym, or I'm going to come back from the gym, and I'm going to do some yard work uh, that, that I can here and there, because it'll be cool and it'll be nice before I go into work. And then I thought, well, and then when I come back, I don't, you know, I'm not going to have that, that kind of after work time where I, I sit down, we play with cricket together, and uh, we, we take our family walk, and then we, we read the Bible story to cricket, and, and uh, then she goes to bed, and then we watch TV. I don't have to do any of that. I can just do whatever I want to. And uh, so I, I said, well, that'll give me a lot of time to do this project and that project, and of course, when it got right down to it, I really believed deep down in my heart, as I was looking at these different things, that my life was actually going to be better without them. And that is what I had fooled myself into believing. What was that, well, maybe not life long term would be better without them. But that life, at least in the short term, was going to be better without my wife and without my child. And I knew that God was going to do something with this week. 
when when it all started off, I kind of got this sense of that, that God was using this time as a moment in my life in which to say, hey, pay attention. Something is different here. And because something is different, I'm going to use that in order to teach you something. Of course, I didn't know what that was yet. And so it's always funny when you get kind of this high sign from God, like pay attention, but you don't know what's going to happen. Because a lot of times when he does that to you, you're walking into an ambush. And he's like, hey, pay attention. By the way, smack you upside the back of the head. And, and, and the way that that happens in my life, and this is sort of an aside, but it kind of works with everything, is that uh, in my life, the way that that happens a lot of times is through these lectionary readings that we have. Because of my job, I have to be thinking about these things all throughout the week. And, and a lot of times, what you get on Sunday morning is the distillate of what I have been thinking about throughout the week. And so that's why you're hearing about Cricket and Liz being gone right now. It's because all of that stuff has been distilling down into this sermon that has been shaped by what has been going on in my life with God, then reflected through these readings. And so as I go through my week, I'm thinking about these readings as I'm encountering all of these things that are happening to me. And, and you can do the same thing as well. It's not just that that's only a pastor thing. And yet, as I go through this, I, I start to start thinking about, well, how does what I'm experiencing about Liz and Cricket not being around, how, how does that fit in with Hebrews? And amazingly, because God is God and he has this amazing person of himself called the Holy Spirit, he actually twists that and uses that and makes it something where I can understand a little bit about what it is to follow him, what it is to be a Christian, what it is to know his grace. And that is kind of this, is that deep down inside, I, I think that you're not that different from me. Deep down inside, I think that there is an element of you, and I think that it is not just you, so, you, you know, you can take a pass, uh, but I, I think it is, in a lot of ways, our entire culture in Western Christianity. And I think that that entire culture of Western Christianity begins to buy into this belief that it is better by ourselves. We begin to think that the way to get to be a better Christian, the way to get to be a more productive Christian, the way to get to is a quiet time in the morning. Has anybody ever encouraged you to take some quiet time in the morning? If you've been in our culture, in this Christian thing for very long, probably at least one or two people have encouraged you, well, have you considered taking some quiet time in the morning to just read the Bible? I do that already. And so when people say that to me, as it's kind of, kind of saying, well, this could be helpful to you, I go, I, I do that. I'm still having problems. 
But, but we buy into this idea that Christianity is better by ourselves. Or that Christianity, well, you know, is with, between me and Jesus. Which is totally, totally fallacious. Because that's not what Jesus wants. If you look at the gospel lesson, I know that the sermon is supposed to be about Hebrews, but we're going to bring the gospel lesson into it, if that's okay. If you look at the gospel lesson, it's interesting, this story that we think is all about you naughty, naughty rich people and how bad you are and how you should give away everything that you have to us, poor people. Um, I'm not really that poor, but you should give it away to somebody who actually is poor because how dare you be rich? Isn't that what we think when we hear this? But if you look at it in terms of what I'm talking about, with this whole do-it-by-yourself thing, what is this guy's problem? This guy's problem is he's done it all by himself. This dude gets up at 5 a.m. in order to have his quiet time. He comes up to Jesus, what do I have to do in order to inherit eternal life? And he's expecting Jesus to lay down the law, to say, boom, this is what you do. It's just one more thing to check off, and you'll be good. Maybe you have to get up at 4 a.m., but then you're guaranteed. But this guy wants to do it all by himself. And what does Jesus respond with? Jesus responds with, sell everything that you have and give it to the poor and come and follow me. What is he not able to do in that situation? Be by himself. This guy had isolated his entire life. And he was able to do that through his piety and through his riches. And what Jesus is doing here is he's striking at the heart of his individuality. Just as he struck at the heart of my individuality this week. Just as the writer of Hebrews is striking at the heart of the individuality of his audience. If you look at what's going on in Hebrews over and over and over, what the writer of Hebrews in this section is saying is get together and follow God. And we always want to put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Because we want the emphasis to be on follow God. But the writer of Hebrews wants you to emphasize something else. He wants you to emphasize get together. Don't think that it's better by yourself. There's probably about 2% of you that for you, The best thing to do in order to grow as a Christian is to get up early in the morning and to read the Bible some more. Or to get up early in the morning and to read your catechism. Or to get up early in the morning and do anything else that's by yourself. For the other 98% of us, here's the greatest challenge we have.
to reach out to somebody. And to say, can we get together and follow God? And maybe that person lives in the same room with us. Maybe this is something that you can just start doing in your marriage. Or this is something that you can start doing in your roommate relationship. Or maybe this is somebody who is completely on the other side of the world and you have to do it through Skype. But whatever it is, all of these readings are encouraging you to get together with somebody. To make this experience of Christianity one that is communal. One that has some back and forth to it. I was struggling with how, where's the gospel in all of this? I mean, it's been great. I've been able to just get up inside of your ribs and bam, bam, bam. Just tell you how bad you are. It's been so fun to be like, oh, you do this all by yourself. And then after that, say, well, you're stupid because you're doing it all by yourself. And then after that, say, you need to find somebody. And all of that is law, right? All of that is you are being shown you're a sinner and you need to repent. And that's not the gospel. Thank goodness. The gospel is this. God has already given you that person. The gospel in my life is this. Liz and Cricket are coming back Tuesday. And I am excited. I can't wait to hold them in my arms in that three-person hug thing that we do that is the closest to understanding the Trinity that I think I will ever understand. That's the gospel for me in this, is that I get to be in community with somebody that God has provided me, two people even that God has provided me. And the gospel for you is this. God has given you that person. God has given you the ability to talk to somebody. If you don't know who it is, start by looking around and here we all say that we believe the same stuff. And if you're too scared, just send me an email. I will talk to you. I do that with lots of people. God has given you somebody that can shape your life together through his word. Somebody that can talk to you about the stuff that we're talking about. Somebody that can talk to you about the readings that we didn't talk about today. He, you can talk about what it means to number your days so that you get a heart of wisdom. What does that mean? God has given you that person. And here's how he gave that person to you. He died on a cross. And I know the way that we usually talk about that is he died on the cross so he could forgive you of your sins so that you could live with him forever. But for this week, think of it in a different way. This week, think of it this way. He died on a cross for that other person that he wanted to put in your life. 
He died on that cross for that person that lives in the same room with you so that you two could be together. He died on the cross so that he could put that person on Skype with you and you could talk about his word together. He died so that that would never end. And so that you could begin to experience it as long as this day is called today. Amen.